Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever time of day it is in your part of the world. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Aaron the Blues Cannon Baker, and this is the Bakery Podcast. I I'll start off by saying this. I have had this I've had the notes for this episode done for two days. But with it being the weekend before my birthday, I kind of did want to celebrate and relax a little bit and not record a podcast. So that's what I did over the weekend. This was supposed to be out Friday night. Friday night, I celebrated. Uh, Saturday night, I was playing. I was watching football, playing video games, you know, doing that same shit, which we'll talk about Ohio State in just a second. Um, all that stuff. And I didn't get around to recording a podcast. And with me streaming now for hours on end, uh, which is twitch.tv forward slash bakedaddy95, if you are interested in coming to coming in for a stream. Um, uh, with me doing that now, uh, pretty heavily trying to, you know, get get a following to come over to the podcast. Um, it's taken a lot of podcast time. It really has. Um, and so has sleep. Um, with me working third shift now, I try to sleep throughout the day. So far, it hasn't really worked out that way, but it is what it is. Uh, some days I will take a nap. Some days I won't. It just depends on how the day's going to be. Um, but today, today is October 27th, 2020. And today... Is my birthday. I'm a big. I'm the big two five. Um, boy, I'm not getting any younger. Let me tell you that much. Let me tell you that much. I am not getting any younger. Um, I posted this morning on Facebook that my soul feels like it's forty, and it does. I listen to old music, old music. But that's not. But that's beside the point. I'm going on a tangent about nothing. Um, but today I have a jam-packed show for you. Today the main topic is going to be a pay-per-view that took place October 26th, 1997. So the, mm, trying to think here, the 23, I could, my math could be off, the 23-year anniversary of this show was yesterday. And, you know, how how um, relevant of a topic this topic is because WWE NXT's, uh, WWE's NXT brand is bringing back Halloween Havoc this week, which I'm also going to be doing an episode with a special guest. Um, Dark Lord Eines, or my friend Jonte Davenport. Um, we're going to talk about wrestling, you know, talk about the good old days, you know, how we used to do it um, with the Joe Mama's Total Wrestling Podcast and other incarnations of that fact, uh, that podcast. Um. 
But before I get into Halloween Havoc, I want to talk about this past Saturday afternoon. The number, I think it was, I think they were ranked fifth. The number fifth team in the country, the Ohio State Buckeyes and the rest of the Big Ten. Open up Big Ten schedule COVID-19 era football. Avoid to the Buckeyes bring it within, bring it. They brought their A game. They really did. Um, I got worried there for the first half. Nebraska was playing them pretty hard. But, you know, Ohio State pulled it out. They really brought their A game this week against the Nebraska Cornhuskers, 52-17. to um, Nebraska really played sloppy and dirty football. They had two confirmed targeting calls. I'm not going to get into that um, because this weekend, this Saturday, big game. Um, number three, Ohio State taking on the recently upset by the Indiana Hoosiers, Penn State. Penn State always plays Ohio State hard. They play them tough. They play them uh, very close. And this game is going to be very close. It is in Happy Valley, but due to COVID-19, there's not going to be any fans in the arena. There's not going to be a Penn State whiteout. There's not going to be any of that. So take the crowd out of the out as a factor, and I think Ohio State is going to win this pretty steadily. Um, Ohio State's offense sputtered, but it, once it got going, it was going. Uh, the defense is dominant as ever. You know, the middle linebackers are always a concern. I think that they're improving. And, yeah, again, I don't really have a – I really don't have a whole lot of assessment on – this football game, because that's not really in my wheelhouse. Um, I will tell you what I did like. I did like Justin Fields' play, only having one incomplete pass all game, and that was it was just a bad drop. Um, I think it was to Garrett Wilson in the end zone, and you know that it could have been fifty-nine to seventeen, but it is what it is. Ohio State winning the first game of the twenty twenty COVID era season. Um, but in other news, um, last episode, the Eddie Van Halen tribute episode, I mentioned that um, the local high school here, uh, Piqua Indians, uh, were in the state playoffs. Well, unfortunately, this past Sun Friday, they got defeated by Anderson High School, which is not a big deal. But, you know, I, I can feel for the guys that I know on the football team that thought that they were going to make it to state and making it to a state championship isn't an easy road, especially the way that some of the teams in the league were playing against Piqua. Piqua was winning pretty heavily and I'm going to try to get the, going to try to get the two guys that I know on the team on this podcast at some point in time and, you know, discuss the team, discuss how they thought the season was going to go and where they're going from high school because they're seniors. This was their senior season, and they didn't know if they were going to have one. 
we all know how that story went. So, so there's that. Look forward to that episode. Look forward to the Halloween Havoc 2020 edition episode. But without further ado, let's get into it. Let's take you back to 1997. And WCW is on fire. They are smack dab in the middle of their 83-week streak, beating the WWF in the ratings war, and the NWO is running roughshod in WCW. Now, I will say this. I highly recommend, if you don't have the WWE Network, you get it for this show. Um, Or try to find the Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio match from this show. That is the the show. Let me rephrase that. That is the match of the show. It completely stole the show and anything after that just didn't you know, phase up. But I do recommend you guys do that free trial that they give you for a month. Uh, cancel at any time. You can cancel after you watch this pay-per-view. I don't care. I'm not getting paid for the endorsement. So you guys do what you want. It's your money. If you are a wrestling fan, though, this is one of the best WCW pay-per-views hands down from start to finish. And you're going to see that not one match, except for one in particular, got a one or less. So here's where the pay-per-view starts. We get a we get a video package and you see Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper. Well, here, I'll spoil some of the show for you. In this pay-per-view, you got Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Roddy Piper in a steel cage match for the main in the main event. And Diamond Dallas Page versus Macho Man Randy Savage in a last man standing match to continue their feud of the year. And boy, did they have a feud of the year. I'm going to I'm going to look to um, cover their other matches from that year because Diamond Dallas Page and Macho Man Randy Savage, I've watched their feud. Wow, is that some good shit however those matches are not what this pay-per-view is known for this pay-per-view is known for the classic match between Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio yes the Rey Mysterio that you see on WWE television was wrestling back in 1997 against the late great Eddie Guerrero But enough spoiling the show. Let's talk about it. Again, I told you what date it took place. It took place October 26th, 1997. And I was going to tell you about the show opening up with something that pretty much helps you figure out in today's environment if you're not like a if you're not a diehard fan who can watch Monday Night Raw either Monday with Tuesday morning because you have to either work or you don't have cable like me and can watch it on Hulu. I think you can still watch it on Hulu. I know you can't watch SmackDown on Hulu, which is unfortunate. Um, (laughs) 
um, it, it was a video package basically explaining how we got to this pay-per-view event. Um, and again, a fan like me, that helps so much because if I'm going into a pay-per-view cold turkey and not understanding what's going on, I'm going to shit all over it. And I've done that countless times of not knowing what the stories are and completely shitting on an entire show just because one person that I wanted to win didn't win. Uh, we also see um, we see the build for the big matches as well, which is what the video package was explaining. And this is sponsored by Slim Jim. That's right. You know, the shit that you see at the gas station, the grocery store, fucking little sausage sticks. You can snap right into them. Yeah, that's who was sponsoring this pay-per-view because Macho Man Randy Savage had an endorsement deal with Slim Jim. And WCW took full advantage of that. Which some of you older people that listen to the show will probably remember the um, the commercials for Macho Man Randy Savage talking about snubbing with Slim Jim. Um, <clears throat> Alright, so our announcers for this show, well our commentators are the late great Dusty Rhodes. Tony Schiavone, and the late, great Bobby Heenan. Uh, and Mike Tanay will come in to call the Lucha matches as well. I did note this. God seeing, God, seeing the American Dream and Bobby the Brain really makes me miss them both, especially Dusty. What an influence. Hell, even Bobby Heenan was an influence. Especially to those who wanted to know how to get some heat. Which you could also watch Jim Cornette, too. This, I also noted, this is WCW at its best. And man, do they know how to hype the main event. Love Dusty's perspective of the steel cage match. And if, Ho and, if and when Hogan wins this match, I'm not going to try to butcher... Dusty Rhodes, but he was like, maybe the NWO can go on, the road for the NWO can go on forever. That's my best Dusty impersonation. Please don't hate me for it. And it's an absolutely packed house. Signs everywhere. And then you compare WCW three years down the road, you ain't got shit. You got empty seats galore. And we'll, do, and we'll talk about one of those... Um, shows from the 2000s um, more than likely I'll probably have to force myself to watch one of those so first match of the night is Yuji Nagata versus Ultimo Dragon I gave this the three and a half out of five stars and here's my notes Excellent starting match. I have to give credit to WCW because they never really started a pay-per-view in this era with a shitty match. And this match is no exception. Fast-paced action with some high-risk maneuvers. That, and it ends up costing Ultimo Drag of the match as he is forced to tap out or face a broken arm by Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata gets the win and Sonny Ono adds insult to injury with a kick. 
And I do believe they have another match, I do believe, at the next pay-per-view, maybe World War III or Starcade. I can't really remember. I haven't looked that far ahead. But yeah, these were my. This was my initial thought. It was in this era, um, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. In my opinion, WCW never started a pay per view with a shitty match. Well, in ninety six, that half the second half of ninety six too. I'll add in there. They never started with a shitty match. They really didn't. Hell, I'll even count the era where we saw Johnny B. Bad versus Diamond Dallas Page a lot. Um, those matches weren't bad either. It's it's just really a shame that eventually WCW did go out of business in 2001. Backs politics and all that bullshit. Uh, next segment we see, we go backstage as Mark Madden is talking to the television champion, Disco Inferno, about his coming match with Jacqueline. That's right. Tonight, live on pay-per-view, Disco Inferno, a male, is going up against Jacqueline, a female. Yeah, something that definitely will not um, will not fly in 2020. Oh, wait. Impact did that with uh, Tessa Blanchard and uh, fuck, what's his name? Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. I forget his name now. Son of a bitch. Someone's going to end up telling me. Oh, what the fuck? It's not Sammy Guevara. Get that one out of your head. What the fuck? Oh my god. I'm getting pissed. Who the fuck? It's not Eddie Edwards. Oh my god. Okay, while I'm trying to think here, I'm looking it up and we're going to go... We're going to continue with a special unadvertised match. Which ends up being... Ah, there it is. I had it. I knew it was Sammy something. Impact did the man versus woman in 2020. And that was called... And that was against Tessa Blanchard and Sammy Callahan. There we go. Okay. So, we see this segment. And Jackie comes out of nowhere to lay on some fucking ass-kicking. Maybe some foreshadowing for what's to come. Hi, buddy. Can you go, please? Uh, it's my room. Okay, then I'm going to move. My son, Theodore, just walked into the room. Um, next match, uh, which was announced as a special unadvertised bonus match, Gato versus Chris Jericho. That's right. Le Champion, the GOAT, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll, Y2J himself, Chris Jericho. And this was honestly not my his best match. I think him and Gato had a real bad chemistry issue. Sorry, he started playing with the toy. Um, 
Gato and Chris Jericho, I think, really had a bad chemistry issue. It's either that or they were unprepared for this match. Something. I gave this match a 2.75 out of 5. Mommy, Aaron. I gave this match a 2.75 out of 5. And here's my notes. Another solid match, and honestly, I wonder what people in the arena were thinking when they heard all of a sudden we're getting a special bonus match. Rarely get those anymore. We rarely get a goddamn surprise. Thanks, Dave Meltzer, you fucking idiot. Not my favorite Jericho match of this era, and I'm not really a fan of Gato either, which I barely know fucking Gato, any of Gato's matches, so... So I can't. I didn't really give them a fair shake. I'm probably gonna bump this up to a two point, maybe a three. I'll give it a three. I must say though, Jericho is the goat when it comes to staying relevant in the wrestling business as he evolves. Jericho ends up getting the win with a lion tamer, which is his submission maneuver. Now there's something you really don't see much of: two submissions in a fucking row on a pay per view. Take notes, Vince. Just just think about it. Just think about it. To me, I think watching somebody lose by pinfall again and 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 again is so fucking repetitive. Like, when I'm watching wrestling, I want to be shocked. Like, if you're going to make somebody tap out, it's going to be fucking just like that. You, you're going to make somebody tap out and it's it's going to come as a shock because wrestling fans nowadays are so pre-programmed into thinking, oh, one, two, three, that's how you're going to win. Nah. You can win by submission too, which is what I did when I was wrestling with EWF. I wanted to be different than everybody else. And, oh, here it comes. Here comes a tangent. I wanted to be different than everybody else in the ring. So I adopted the sharpshooter as a finishing Maneuver, a finishing submission. And I could put the submission anywhere in the ring. I could use the I could use the ring post. I could do it on the outside. I could do it in the middle of the ring. And that's what I wanted my character, the loose cannon, to be. A submission specialist. So what did I do? I worked on a specific body part. The legs, the back. Because once you get that fucking torque into that fucking sharpshooter, dude, and puts your fucking weight into that move, all game over. Game over. And watching people tap out is a fucking lost art. I mean, granted, yes, we did just see it this weekend against um, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you hadn't seen it before uh, just now. But that's one of the rare occasions. You don't see it every day, well, every week on TV. You don't see somebody submit. You know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, me, to me, I'm going to just sound like an old timer. I'm just tired of seeing super kick parties and high spots. Finished moves is high spots. Now I sound like I'm Jim Cornette. Next, we get Jean Oakland talking to Deborah McMichael about her mystery opponent for her husband or ex-husband, Steve, McMich- Steve Mongo McMichael. WCW didn't really give 
a good explanation to what these two are, but from how they were interacting with each other, it seems like Manga was kind of the storyline, quote, ex-husband. And I didn't really do my research uh, into what that was. And we're going to explain this fucking match later on, because I'm super fucking just baffled on why why a certain opponent was chosen and not another. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Mongo does actually cut a decent promo in this one, but Gene has the fucking line of the night. When they're bickering back and forth and they're saying some shit, Gene Oakland says, and I quote, this sounds like something that should be settled uh, in a court of law. I fucking chuckled. I had to fight. I lost it a little bit. All right. The moment we've been waiting for match number three. And if you want to pause the podcast and go watch this match, just search Halloween Havoc 1997 Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. And there will be a daily motion video that will show up. That is the full match. That is the full fucking match. And just watch this match. It is mask versus cruiserweight title. Eddie Guerrero is your cruiserweight champion. Let's get into it. I gave this a 10 out of 5 stars because it is that good. And I hadn't seen it before. I'm going to tell you right now, any pay-per-view that you hear on this podcast. I'm jumping. No, here, take your milk. Sorry, guys. This, this match. Oh, sorry. I was saying something about any pay-per-view that I'm going to cover on this show is either something that I have seen before and haven't seen in a while or I haven't seen before. And I haven't seen this pay-per-view before. So, and I also want to thank Chris Andrew Lloyd for recommending me this for recommending this Thanks, dude. I'm totally keeping that in. I'm totally keeping that in. But back to what I was saying. Any pay-per-views that I'm going to cover on this show is something that I have seen before, haven't seen in a while, or it's something that I haven't seen before. And I haven't seen this pay-per-view since the network dropped. Way back when, I think back in 2014. 13 or 14, I can't remember when the network uh, debuted. But I watched the WCW stuff. I watched the NWO stuff first because I knew I was I had never seen it before because I was only about maybe one, not even one year old when the NWO was formed. Not even one years old. I wasn't even two years old when this happened. I was going to be two the next day. But I remember nothing from this era. Here are my notes, and I hope you feel the, the excitement in my voice here. Jesus fucking Christ, this match was absolutely fucking perfect, and I'm not just saying that. And I'm not just saying that because it's the great 
the greatness of Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. And that honestly goes without, goes without saying. The greatness of Eddie and Ray sometimes I feel goes without praise. It, do, it doesn't. I don't hear people talking about um, talking about Eddie versus Ray. I hear them talk about Flair versus Steamboat. Dusty versus Flair. Kenny Omega versus Okada. Taker versus Sean. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I hear those guys listed as the greatest matches of all time. But I don't hear this one be mentioned as one of the greatest matches of all time. Compare this to anything after this match, and you're not going to find a damn thing better. Well, maybe for maybe for a second, maybe a close second would be Diamond Dallas Page versus Macho Man, but not even that comes close. The Springboard DDT, if you're watching on the WWE Network for only $9.99 a month if you're a previous subscriber. Or you could do a free trial and get a free month and watch this pay-per-view. The Springboard DDT at three, 35 minutes and 45 seconds was just so picture-fucking-perfect. I will be honest with you guys. When I watch wrestling or I'm doing research for the podcast, I'm usually doing something else on top of that. Not really dirt, not really paying attention during the matches. But this match, I was paying attention to. I kept my phone down and kept my thoughts locked and loaded, ready to be typed out until this match was over. See, there is always one match that happens every, 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 every so often that is so good that people talk about it for years to come. I'm talking AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura, Wrestle Kingdom 10. The matches, the trilogy with Kenny Omega and Okada. Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Stuff like that. I'm putting the Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero trilogy. I'm talking. I think they had a match at Halloween Havoc 96, 97, and then again at SummerSlam 2005. I'm putting those three matches together as the Eddie, the best of Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio because it's them at their best. These two had so much fucking chemistry. It was insane. Enough said about this match. Go enjoy this match. Rey Mysterio wins with, um, I think, a sunset flip into a power bomb, if I remember correctly. And we have a new cruiserweight champion. And oh my fucking God, Bobby Heenan with the whitest thing I have ever heard in a luchador match. He says, Ray turns, he said he, but I, I'm saying Ray, he being Ray, turns it into a flying head scissors takeover cartwheel. <laughs> I don't know why, but when I heard that through my headset, I fucking paused the show and I died laughing. 
Again, I gave this match a 10. 10 out of 5 stars. I could have given it any number of stars, and it wouldn't have done it justice. And I'd really like to know what Dave Meltzer gave it, because if he gave it anything lower than a fucking 5, he's a fucking retard. We now get another uh, backstage segment between Hulk, Hollywood Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. They, and they're stating tonight there will be no steel cage match unless WCW provides a written document signed by Sting that he will not show up to the arena tonight. Oh boy. I wonder how people in 1997 were taking that fucking pill and wondering, well, how the fuck are they going to be able to do that? Surely the surely WCW is not going to let the main event go go without, you know, without a hitch. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, if you're watching on the network, the announcers beat this point to fucking death. To death. So here we go. Match number four. Steve Mongo McMichael versus a mystery opponent who turns out to be Alex fucking Wright. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to be honest with you. Going forward, and, you know, watch, looking ahead to see what I was going to take notes on. When I saw Mongo Mc, Steve McMichael versus a mystery, Devers mystery opponent, I thought for sure this was going to be Bill Goldberg. And to my dismay, we got on fucking pay-per-view. I think Conrad Thompson beats this matchup too. We get on fucking pay-per-view. Steve Mongo McMichael versus versus Alex fucking Wright. Who booked this shit? This is the one match besides um besides spoiler alert Disco Inferno versus Jacqueline that gets a one or lower. Spoiler alert. This one got a one. So guess what Jackie and Jacqueline and Disco Inferno got? Something lower. Oh, this was definitely a popcorn match after what we just saw. I legit went into this paper again, I just reiterated that. Went into this pay-per-view thinking the mystery man was Bill Goldberg. But Alex Wright, fuck me. Nothing really good about this match from either man. And and that is just and this is just a let me up match for the fan, for the fans after Eddie and Ray tore the house down. Even the announcers weren't really paying attention. They were so in a fucking tizzy about the NWO and Hulk Hogan declaring there will not be a main event unless Sting is barred from ringside, basically. I understand what they were doing in this at this point in the show. They were making the viewers at home feel like the main event was in jeopardy. But I wonder if that really backfired on them. Like, if I'm sitting there watching a pay-per-view and I'm being told 
hey guys, the main event may or may not happen. I'm canceling. I ain't fucking staying tuned for that. I mean, granted, yes, I'd probably still watch because I'm intrigued. But I have a feeling like there were some people that were like, man, this is fucking bullshit, dude. This is fucking bullshit, whatever. It's fucking fucking Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper anyways. It ain't like it's one of the young guys or whatever the fuck they would have said in 97. It's not DDP versus Macho Man, which in my opinion, I think should have closed the show, but that's just me. Um, Mongo looks like he has this match won when all of a sudden, here comes the man that should have been in this match. Goldberg with the world's most cringiest heat spear. Almost spears Mongo's head into the fucking bottom rope. Again, but at this point, I'm giving Goldberg a benefit of the doubt since he did debut that September. So he's a little green. Alex Wright wins thanks to Bill Goldberg, which Bill Goldberg now has has Mongo McMichael's Super Bowl ring. Yay. Next, we get Macho, uh, Macho Man and Liz promo talking about DDP and their last man standing match. It was a typical Macho Man promo. Um, he claims that he's the he's the best wrestler in the world. Uh huh. And the hits just keep on coming. Not really. Match number five. Disco Inferno versus Jacqueline. This was a non-sanctioned match as announced by, I think, Tony Schiavone because it was male versus female. I gave this a negative two. Negative two out of five stars. Basically, all it was was Disco Inferno playing chicken shit heel. Jackie would get some offense, but it would look really shitty. It looked like she didn't want to hit him in fear for her job or whatever. It really feels odd seeing this in 2020 and realizing that this was only 1997. <sighs> I do believe Jacqueline ends up picking up this victory, but God damn, did this suck. I'm not even going to harp on it. It sucked. It sucked. I don't think it should have been on pay-per-view. It should have been on a Nitro. Again, two matches that should have been on the Nitro on a pay-per-view. Whatever. All right, so business does pick up a little bit after that match because why it sh- as it should. We get Ric Flair versus Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect, by the way, for, in a United States Championship match. You get this a two out of five out of five. These guys are out of their prime, but I gave them the benefit of their doubt because they never had a bad match. This match didn't, didn't disappoint, but rarely does a Flair or Mr. Perfect match. Starts off pretty fast. And you can tell that this is going to be a dogfight because Flair jogs to the ring. And Ric Flair never ran to the ring. Not once. He was Mr. Pomp and Circumstance. This is at the point where the announcers were starting to get annoying um, about... Are we going to have a main event? Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff can't do that. What the fuck? What about the fans? Blah, 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 blah. 
in this match, it was fucking annoying at this point. But I understood. I understand now, looking at it with hindsight being twenty twenty, why they were doing it. It's the NWO storyline. Match ends uh, in a DQ finish as Flair positions the U.S. title belt over Kurt Hennig's face and stomps on it. So we didn't even get a finish to that match. Two and a half half out of five stars. Now we go backstage again to Mark Madden and WCWWrestling.com, which I'm pretty sure now that'll take you to uh, the network. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, and Macho Man for a little snippet of audio being broadcast to the internet fans. It really wasn't anything of note. Now the moment that the announcers and everyone at home has been waiting for, and even in the arena. Some answers on if WCW will force Hogan to wrestle inside that cage with Piper. And it is, it will happen. It is going to happen because there is a signed document that even Eric Bischoff looked at. Uh, Bischoff does come out and says DJ Dillon doesn't have the authority to do what he's doing. And if Sting shows up tonight, the NWO wants Monday Nitro. Dun, dun, dun. Fact story continues. Next match. Match number seven? Yeah, match number seven. Lex Luger versus Scott Hall with special guest referee Larry Zabisco. I gave this three, three and a quarter stars. Uh, three and a quarter out of five stars. Before this match even starts, I wanted to make mention of how popular the NWO is. Everywhere you look on the camera, there is a sea of black NWO shirts. Uh, Slow-paced match, but it did tell a story. The story of Scott Hall versus Larry Zabisco. It picked up toward the finish. Um, and the story is there for the next big pay-per-view. Scott Hall picks up the win, but wait. There was outside interference by six, Pac. That Larry Zabisco didn't see. As you're watching... Larry Zbysko's asking for the replay. He gets the replay, sees the interference by six, and orders the match to restart. Luger gets uh, gets Scott Hall into the torture rack after Eric Bischoff and Six are pissed. Um, and then Six uh, spin kicks Larry Zbysko, and the story is on. The NWO beats up Larry Zabisco. Will it be Scott Hall versus Larry Zabisco? Or maybe Eric Bischoff versus Larry Zabisco at the next big pay-per-view? The reason why I said Eric Bischoff versus Larry Zabisco is because while Larry Zabisco is laying on the mat, Eric Bischoff is standing directly over him and doing a uh, strongman pose. You know, the flexing of the muscles. So we got two more matches here. 
And boy, are they fucking doozies. Match number eight. Diamond Dallas Page versus Macho Man. In a last man standing match, I gave this a 4.25 out of 5. This was the second best match of the show, hands down. It had everything from hard-hitting action, and these two are honestly my all-time favorites. Because, again, they never had a bad match, in my opinion. Liz comes out with Macho Man, and she looks good as ever. And Diamond Dallas Page comes out with some taped ribs, and he is so focused, and in this era, he is so fucking over. So fucking over. I watched this match without any commentary because it needs to be watched without it. Same with the Eddie Guerrero. I mean, Eddie, Eddie versus Ray, you need the commentary because you're not going to understand the moves that are happening. But this one needs no commentary. Yeah, commentary is nice, but sometimes it does take away from a nice match. When you're trying to focus on the moves and you got somebody talking about, oh man, I can't believe that so-and-so on WWE.com, I can't believe this happened, this is happening, and oh my god, let's talk about the main event, let's not talk about the match in the ring, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to tell you right now, these men pulled no punches, even destroying the styrofoam headstones. That were part of the set. I also forgot to mention the Slim Jim uh, rapper posts on the ring. Um, we see, I think it was Macho Man hit Diamond Dallas Page with a camera. Fucking breaks the damn thing. And then, Liz chokes out DDP. But here comes Kimberly to save the day. And almost a Joey Styles like... Catfight! And then Diamond Dallas Page is getting ready to get the win when out comes Sting. What the fuck, Sting? You cost my man the victory. Macho Man gets the W due to count out, as well as. Uh, um, as much action as that had, the finish sucked. Just my opinion. Now, for the main event. And I'm going to try to describe this as best as possible because there is something that happens in this match that I got to talk about. Here we go. Finally, the main event. Hogan doing a cowardly heel gimmick once. No fucking, sh no, nothing to fucking do with Piper. Piper gets momentum early, as a babyface should against a heel, the caliber of Hollywood Hogan, uh, until Hogan slammed his head into the cage door, which was synonymous in WCW for some reason. Hogan tries to make an, escape, an early escape and doesn't want any part of this match. You knew that from the get-go. Didn't want any part of this match when a faux sting appears. Um, toward the toward the entrance ramp. Hogan can't go nowhere because now stings are popping up left and right. Uh, 
Piper gets Hogan back in the ring, and they are bouncing each other off the cage. And Hogan, what Hogan match doesn't have blood in this era? Going to be honest with you. What Hogan match does not have blood in this era? He is busted open. As these two men are fighting atop the cage, we see Sting, or what fans think is Sting, around the crowd and ringside, like I said. And what I mean by on the cage, I think they were, I think Hogan was climbing on the cage. Piper will pull him down, slam him on the cage. Piper will roll Hogan back into the ring and get a sleeper submission on him. But we're not done. Hogan is able to escape and stomps a mud hole and to um, Piper and fucking Macho Man does one of the most dangerous fucking moves, an elbow drop off the top of the cage onto Piper, and it's fucking on. Here comes Eric Bischoff with a fucking pair of handcuffs, hands them to Hogan. Hogan and Macho Man handcuff Piper to the cage and proceed to beat the living hell out of Piper. Granted, there is a faux sting in this cage, but what happens next explains the heat and the believability that WCW was able to make with this NWO storyline that a fan jumps the guardrail in sting paint, mind you. So the wrestlers did know until he climbed over that it wasn't sting. Climbs over a guardrail, climbs onto the cage, over the cage, into where the rest near the ring. A faux sting stops him. Macho Man sees that this um, this talent that was dressed up as Sting is having a hell of a time uh, with this with this fan, this crazed fan that just wants to get a piece of the NWO because they're beating up Rowdy Roddy Piper. And this fan believed this story so much that he thought that it would have been a good idea. To jump this, to not literally jump over this cage, but climb this cage and try to attack a professional wrestler. And the shitty thing about it is, folks, WCW recorded the whole thing like that fan was Sting. And we watched a fan literally get his ass beat live on pay-per-view by Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And Macho Man Randy Savage to close the show. If that's not WCW pulling a WCW, then I don't know what is. Now I'm going to say this right now. To any fan, when we get back up and running and are able to go to events again. To any fan that feels compelled to jump into the ring... With a wrestler, because this happened to Bret Hart at the hall of, at his Hall of Fame speech for uh, his brother-in-law. If you're a fan and you really feel the need to get in to the ring with a professional wrestler, please go watch the end of this match because it's not going to end well for you. You, if the wrestler gets a hold of you, you're getting your ass beat. 
If the referee gets a hold of you, he's going to hold your ass down while the wrestler kicks your ass until security can arrive. I've watched it happen many a time. So to fans that... I understand some fans believe anything and everything that they see on wrestling in wrestling. But my God, man. This fan took it so serious... That he got an ass beating by the NWO. Not many fans can say that. But please, fans, don't be stupid. Please don't be fucking stupid. Alright. That's it. That's it for my review of Halloween Havoc. I ended up giving this show an eight and a quarter stars out of ten. Pretty solid show compared to the last show that we reviewed. Um, so yeah, one of my this was honestly one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views that I have recently watched. Um, if you don't have the network, go get the network. Please go get the network. Please, just try it out. If you don't like it, you don't have to subscribe to it any longer than that free month that you're getting. Just try it out. And, yeah, thanks. Thank you to Chris Loy for uh, recommending me review this pay-per-view. The next pay-per-view that I'm going to review for the month of November. <laughs> Thank you to Jonte Davenport for recommending me this pay-per-view. It is November to remember 1999, another pay-per-view, sorry, ECW's November to remember 1999. I have never seen this pay-per-view, so any thoughts and feelings that I have written down will all be first impression thoughts. I can't wait. I have yet to have done a WCW pay-per-view. I'm excited. For this pay-per-view, I think I'm going to record it the day that it takes place, which is November 22nd, 1999. And I'm going to record it November 2nd, 2020. But the, the next episode you're going to hear this coming Friday or Saturday night, whenever we can record it, is going to be WWE NXT's Halloween Havoc 2020. I'm going to take notes like I do every every show that I cover here. And Jonte and I are going to cover it. We're going to discuss it and I'm going to tell you. We will probably have differing opinions. Differing opinions on these matches. Because it is spin the wheel, make the deal. And without further ado, today the deal is I'm ending the show. The bakery is now closed. I hope you guys have a great day, great week, great rest of 2020. This is Aaron Baker, and I am signing off.